this is our history as literary critics. We have to recognize that the discipline that formed in the earlier 20th century was essentially constructed by right-wing intellectuals. And we have to, to save, to salvage, what was salvageable from that. An old sense of literary criticism is ending. A certain kind of era is passing. And, you know, I feel a sense of melancholy about it. But I think that it's partly tied to the fact that what counts as literary discourse is also changing. When it was just on my own terms reading, I realized, I was like, oh, I'm looking at jazz, but then I'll start saying, oh, let me look at this hip hop, let me look at this painting, let me look at this, you know. For me, blogging was the thing that really allowed me to just follow various interests, and it was considered normal to do so. Every book I've written is really intensely built out of close reading, but because the objects that I read are novels, usually, the worldly art, the prosaic art, the art for to capitalism, what they have to tell us in their finely wrought form are things about how worlds are put together and about world making and how world should be. And those are ideas that I think are big. And that I think Everything else in the world around us, including in the university around us, is dedicated to one of two ideas about literacy. And one is that it's organized around the history of fact, and the other is that it's organized around the history of fantasy. The precise point in which the discipline is most powerful is when it refuses that binary and blends those two in dynamic interaction. That's what we teach. That's what we see that other kinds of intellectuals and media persons don't see. I think that being monolingual and focusing on monolingual is an agency of dispossession. I feel like that's one of the sad things about the U.S. university system, U.S. life, that everything has to be foreignized. You know, anything that's not English is foreign. And you know, there is a thing that happens when there's this really good grad session, even if it's at six in the evening, and you exit that room feeling really exhilarated. Doesn't happen always, but it does happen. And you know, makes you think, okay, I'm not a bad thing that I'm in grad school. Sixty thousand dollars a year to teach someone, I'm sorry, man. That's a grift, man. And it becomes and then what it becomes, it becomes an art form or a craft that's only either for the very, very gifted who can who who, who can who can have full rides on scholarship, or the affluent. And by and large, it's for the affluent. Even submitting something anonymously over a slush pile, the agent that you're querying is not probably the person that's reading that pitch first. It's probably their assistant who's like 23 years old and making 40 grand a year. One year ago, that person could have been my student and they're making that kind of initial decision. Should we pass or should I pass this on to my boss? That student probably has the training that we're leaving our undergraduates with. So think about the learning outcomes that your uh, department probably has developed for an English major. If a student is pursuing a career in publishing, those things are getting operationalized, they're becoming actionable in really specific ways, in ways that do ultimately have consequences downstream for what eventually gets read. You know, the, 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 the micro struggle that happens inside of departments as people try to revise what these culminating projects for our students are going to be has everything to do with how you think about these different institutions that represent literary critical engagement in this moment, right? And I wouldn't say the essay-based criticism, long-form essay-based criticism is going away as an apparatus, but I also think it's fast becoming not the only medium and we kind of want to catch up. The distance between what a booktuber is doing 
in what CNI is doing is almost infinite. All we do is read books with words in them and make more words about it. What could be more useless? It's so futile. It's just like self-perpetuating machine that doesn't do anything except perpetuate itself. So that's why I like literature. Let me see it this way. As soon as I took that step outside of the academy and started full-time in the editor-in-chief position at the LA Review of Books, it seemed very clear to me that the crisis is a crisis of time in all arenas. The intensification of work in academia is happening everywhere. Culture is very, very alive. There's no crisis there, right? People read books, people go to the movies, people watch media all the time. You go to Mexico City, you just walk the center of Mexico City and book fairs, people, you know, play music in the street, and we don't harness that energy. The art here is, is a kind of performance, right, where the, the critic is attempting to do something that they will inevitably fail in doing, given the strictures around which that is produced. But what you're watching for is the beautiful, you know, tightrope walker who will execute as many, you know, death-defying uh, feats of interpretive and hermeneutic you know, somersaults, and then inevitably falls to the mat. I don't want to be combative either, like I don't want to try to catch you out, but I, I kind of want to know what you mean by criticism or literary criticism, because I'm, I'm not sure, <laughs> and like I think that one of the things that, you know, Guillory's book and all of the stuff around it made me think is that, wow, no one knows what that thing is anymore. Welcome to the American Vandal, from the Center for Mark Twain Studies. This is Criticism Limited. Series begins August 7th. <laughs>